Is one of them your blood? You should got do. it. Do we do we get do we get me saying what is one of them your butt? We did now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hot dog. No, my butt is not a hot dog, and there's no <laughs> hot dog related to my butt. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, hey everyone, welcome to the Playing for Laughs podcast. This is a little little side ad- adventure we're gonna we're gonna do. You know what? I'm tired of doing the intro. Amanda, this was your idea. I think you should do the intro for this. But in- um, welcome to the play. Hmm? You froze what? there. What? Oh, of course I did. Am I back? You're back. Okay. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Playing for Last podcast. I just said that. Um, <laughs> how far back do you want me to go on an intro, Matt? <laughs> Well, um, so what are we doing here tonight? All right. So welcome to Clarifying Questions. Can I ask a Clarifying ask- Question? <laughs> I've got the soundbite board on the oh. Can I ask a Clarifying um, Question? Welcome to Clarifying Questions, where we ask Clarifying Questions. What does that mean, Clarifying Question? What does that mean? <laughs> you have a Clarifying Question? I, I- Hey, hey, Matt, just out of curiosity, did yeah. you said, I understand that this was Amanda's idea, but um, did you, um, you maybe propose this to our group chat. Now, did you just make a soundboard and then propose the idea? <laughs> just, just wondering. I will say this. I, I no, I, I did not make, I, I, full transparency. We are recording this at like an 815 on like a Tuesday night. I made this at around 715 on a Tuesday night. <laughs> Matt, you're amazing. That's should we, incredible. Should we hear it again? Oh, yeah. Please, please. Can I ask a clarifying question? Like a fine wine. Can I ask a clarifying question? <laughs> what does that mean, clarifying question? What does that mean? You have a clarifying question? <laughs> so this is clarifying questions. And the point of this is to kind of, well, ask questions, obviously, get them clarified for, you know, people who are relatively new to D&D or tabletop role playing and just ask some questions to get them, I guess, clarified. Do I have that right? This was, I mean, this was all Amanda's idea, to be honest. (laughs) Amanda can't talk at the moment. We're going to give, we're going to give her a moment to compose herself. But jo- joining us for <laughs> joining us for the podcast, we have, and we'll go around. We have uh, Eric Darrow Worthley, hello, Caleb Christensen Fletcher, hi, I'm Matt Ricard, and of course, our host for the evening, Amanda Dehan. I'm terrified. Everything I say is going to be turned into a soundbite. I have so many of your sound bites. I have so many of all of you. <laughs> One of the benefits of editing the show is that I get to just kind of find something that makes me laugh and then I get to cut it up and then I get to throw it in and use it whenever I want to, like in little songs. And this is where we cut to Matt on a like a lonely Sunday afternoon, just having a conversation with us via sound bites. <laughs> Clarifying question, I am a gunk. <laughs> So what are we doing? We, 
Yeah, I'm sorry. We thought you were doing something fun. I know. It looked like that was... Oh, so, um, what we're doing is I have very little D&D experience, and um, Eric and Matt and Caleb have much more D&D experience than I do. So, we're going to be asking them all the questions I've been thinking since we started playing, or the ones I can remember, because I don't remember all of them. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, some of us might have some clarifying questions along the way, because full full transparency, I've been playing D&D since around April, May of 2020. So only a couple of years, really. And I've been playing D&D since um, 2013. So I'm very much more in like 5th edition ah. is like what I started with and doing with. And then yep. we have... You, 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 you guys are making me feel really old. <laughs> I have been playing Dungeons & Dragons since the mid-80s. W- was it before it was advanced? Uh... We, yeah, it was kind of right, right around the AD and D, right around there. See, we we had this thing called uh, poverty, so <laughs> yep, we weren't, we didn't have like all, we didn't have like all the books and everything. Like, I had a monster manual. My friend had a, my friend had a player's guide. Somebody else had the dungeon. You know, we just kind of all pooled your resources, walked back and forth, and yeah. So what I'm so you, you said this stuff started this in the '80s, and then we had yeah. poverty. Then assuming with that, like we don't have it now, so Reaganomics worked. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> That's a clarifying question. Does Re- did Reaganomics oh. work? Uh, let's, let's keep it to D and D clarifying questions. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Not, okay. <laughs> so so we, um, so we have various levels of experience. Is what we're, we're what we're going for here? Um, yeah. My first real role playing game was called GURPS. I didn't even play Star Wars. <laughs> All right, time out. Time out. I'm, I'm called GURPS. GURPS, generic <laughs> universal role playing system by Steve I've, Jackson. I still got a stack of GURPS books in uh, uh, in storage. I if you flashback, it's some great stuff. Uh, GURPS it was it, it, it was an attempt and like a in some ways successful attempt. To like take, you know, if you wanted to have like a science fiction game or a fantasy game or a superhero game or a martial arts like ninja game, like you could take all these games and and use one kind of uh, game system to play any oh. uh, genre you wanted, oh, which yeah. is is very much the opposite of kind of where the the gaming zeitgeist is now. Because capitalism. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I, I mean, I think there's there's legitimately like people wanting to be like thinking that I think people now care much more about mechanics and they're like very much the mechanics should drive the game, which that's kind of where they are now, which I don't personally agree with, but I think I'm in the minority. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, that's, yeah. A, that's a great jumping point into my first clarifying question. Look at that. We, this was all what planned What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> that's too No, because there's nothing people on the internet like more than old guys ranting about what Dungeons & Dragons used to be. Back in my day, 
<laughs> no, Dungeons um, and Dragons was done outside in the rain with one shoe on. <laughs> you had a shoe? <laughs> All right, so... Um, Sorry, Amanda. First, you're good. My first question, uh, I've, I've been playing since this started, and that's it. Um, I noticed that Matt played played as Dungeon Master a very um, uh, is it rules not rules based um, battle based uh, game words um, <laughs> battle based <laughs> uh, template right so uh, yeah. there was a lot of dice rolling the encounters were planned um, and Caleb I think you called it theater of the mind that's how you play. Is that a thing, and what's the difference, and how, Eric, how, like, we haven't seen you as Dungeon Master yet. How how do you like to guide the game? Matt, please start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go, it's so, 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 my experience with, with D&D has, like I said, the last couple of years, I've, I have a, a standing game that I play with a number of friends, uh, usually every week or so, and then the rest of it, has been really watching or listening to podcasts or shows like Dimension 20, Critical Role, Not Another D&D Podcast, Three Black Halflings, some of these really bigger ones that are that I, that I that I love and that are fantastic. And so what I've learned from those is just uh listening to the pace and listening to how things go. It's like okay, so you have some role play time, you have some of that and then you have an encounter and then you have some role play and then you have an encounter and then, and so um, I, I like the rules because they give us a framework to work within, but I'm also, I'm also very willing to be like, you want to do a cool thing? Let's figure out a way to make that cool thing happen. Mm-hmm. Um, soup pots, soup pots that became just a thing. And, um, and the, the, the goo having an, a whole new character <laughs> having a, <laughs> Right, you know, because there there might be somebody like, "Hey, Goo can't speak." Yeah, but you know what? Why not? So, um, I also am very, uh, I'm very, in, I, I was intimidated and not very uh, confident so far in, in in doing a lot of the role playing stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Just and setting that up, I'm just, I'm, I don't, I'm not there yet. So I kind of. You know, um, I fall back on take the easy route, which is saying, "Okay, you're going to fight some stuff now." Um, to go like so, really, the question like uh, that you're talking about, Amanda, like Matt, Matt had a Matt had a really good like foundation of like what a typical like if you look at an adventure source book. Like, I was really going through, like, an adventure source book, which was, like, that, like, here's a cool description of what's going on. Here's an encounter that you give to your players. Here's what's kind of going on next. Um, and for me, when I was playing, like, 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 I just started, like, I started with, I started with GURPS and other non-D&D <laughs> systems with my friends in my basement. Sorry, um, GURPS. So my, <laughs> um, like, like, a lot of those games that I played way back one in the day, I was very much so used to us sitting around a table doing a lot more collaborative storytelling, doing a lot of that, which was, like, um, very, uh, like, 
we never we never used miniatures. We never usually drew maps. We never usually did any of that. We sat around a table and just kind of talked and see what happened and rolled dice. So like that was the stuff I was really used to, mainly because a lot of the games that I played were mechanic heavy, but they weren't um, like D and D specific heavy. Mm. Like yeah. D, if you look at a lot of their like even spells or rules or um, they they have numbers associated with things on a board. Um, you can yeah. like your you have a certain distance with your bow that you can shoot depending upon a number of yardage away, and that can be really helpful if you have a map in front of you that you can count like well technically I'm 120 feet away so I'm gonna roll with this with disadvantage but I could still fire from this distance because that's what my stat block says, and also like my spell will shoot off like a cone or a cube or a cylinder like. There's a lot of those specific things that happen in D&D, which makes, like, a battle encounter system, like, a lot easier to do, especially when you're, like, mm -hmm. reading the rules for combat for the first time. You're like, right, I need to be in melee range to do this, or I need to be in this range to do these things. Mm -hmm. And often when you think about, like, any sort of, like, game like that, you also have to think about, like, as a, as a game. So you're obviously, like... How do I make this character do the cool things I want to do in the rule set that's here? And obviously the rule set tells you numbers, and those numbers have places on the board. Thank you. Whereas with me, yeah. that theater of the mind stuff was so much of what I was really used to using. So like when I saw DD sat down, I was like, ah, oh, I'm thinking about approaching what am I DMing as back to that sort of stuff. Back yeah. to like that collaborative role playing back to those moments. And I know, no, for me, like, I know when like you first took over, I remember we kind of had a conversation where, where I was kind of like, because I've done a lot of the theater of the mind stuff. And for me personally, a lot of times it ends up being like kind of half role playing game, half long form improv, but like too much of each, like, it doesn't quite scratch either itch. Like, it doesn't quite scratch the long-form improv itch. It doesn't quite scratch the D&D &D itch. And I, I think you, for this game that we're playing, Caleb, have, have found a, a, a really nice balance that I'm, that I'm enjoying. But I agree. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I mean, the common denominator really is, are you sitting around a table having fun with your friends? Yep. Yeah. And that is always, always, always the most important part of it. So, um, <clears throat> thank you uh, for answering that question. Um, <laughs> this is the question I have to say. Is there's, there's, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's more we can talk about um, in there. But I think that my next question uh, was uh, when. I remember when we first started, like, I went into this intentionally with no preparation. <laughs> I didn't yeah. listen to anything. I didn't watch anything. I didn't read anything. Like, I'd seen D&D &D and Stranger Things, and that was it. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Um, so when you all said, let's play d and I'm like, oh, okay. And let's, let's <laughs> well, that's, that's, kind of a, that's kind of a wild story of how that kind of began, too. Because yeah. uh, we were we were just starting the improv troupe, we were just kind of going through the thing, and um, I mean, I, I I'll tell you from my perspective, but I saw that at the local comic shop in Brunswick, 
they were starting up some D&D games. And I was like, oh, I want a, another opportunity for me to go play. Like Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, great, I'm going to go play. And I walk in and start setting up, get sitting down, and the DM walks in. You want to know who that DM was? Mr. Caleb Christian Fletcher. <laughs> and so I look at him like, hey, it's you. And he's like, hey. <laughs> so then we just started, yeah. So then we just started talking. Wait, we we're two got two people in the in this random improv troupe who are also now here in this weird D and D spot, and there's comedy improv people who are do improv stuff. Th- mm-hmm. There might be something here that we can build off of. So anyway, that, that that's just a little funny little side story to interrupt you completely and and unapologetically. That's fine. I remembered my train of thought this time. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. So. The point the point of that preface was, and my clarifying question is, I personally found starting to play this game very overwhelming and intimidating mm. because of the amount of lore that is pre-written for since Eric sure. was playing. Um, <laughs> oh, it predates me by like 10 years, so. Yeah, so predating Eric's D&D time by 10 years. Um, does that get easier? Like, does that feel less intimidating and overwhelming the more you play? Or is it more of the more you play, the more there is to find out? Can, I'm gonna, can I ask a clarifying question for your clarifying question? <sighs> yeah, that was a very poorly worded statement we're question. Going in, we're getting an exception oh, wow. here. Yeah, no. Yeah, Manny, you mentioned, like, you, you said the idea of lore. Were you talking yeah. about like, the land of D and D itself, or were you talking about like, like the rules of D and D? Like uh, which one more intimidating? Both. Uh, I remember like the rules. Um, ev- all of you knew like what the dice rolls meant and what your characters did and what they couldn't do. And I thought I was just playing this game where things could just happen because we wanted them to. Um, so I guess my clarifying question is poorly worded. <laughs> well, was, I mean, was, I'll... That, was that last part a question or was that a statement? I don't know. Is this the game of questions? I, oh. I have a clarifying question for Amanda. Yeah. Is there anything that, because I have like introduced a whole bunch of people over the years. I've, you know, you know run players run games for first-time players so i mean i'm curious is there anything that we could have done to have to have been to have made that less stressful for you to kind of what what would have been what would have been helpful Hmm. um i think our particular group dynamic didn't necessarily make it feel accessible at the beginning um I'm, i'm very sorry for that no, that wasn't you, Matt. That was um, some rules mongering. As as uh, as um, the as the as the 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 the, the uh, captain of the ship at that time, I will take full response. I'm an administrator. I can take administ- I I'll just, I'll just, I'll just <laughs> Matt. I, it's just whatever. Stop. Um, no, but it's um, but it's true. Like that, like that, and that that stuff can be overwhelming. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, don't take full responsibility. This is also. I went into this with zero preparation. <laughs> I jumped without looking where I was jumping. I love that. Um, so, uh, 
that like ninety percent of that's on me. But like, there's a lot. There's a lot to learn. And um, as a, as a beginning player, it was very overwhelming. So I've only been in it six months. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I remember. Um, I remember my very first character that I played when I when I was playing with my friend. I learned to play. Started playing with my friends, and I was playing a dwarf barbarian, and I had no idea how it all worked. I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to use like my rage abilities. I didn't want to because I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't understand the rests and the short rest versus the long rest right. and uh, all this. Yeah. Other, when do I do these checks and ability stuff? And I had no. I, I had no idea. I had no clue. And um, do, do, does it get easier? I will say this: the the way that it got easier for me was that about three months after starting, uh, I started DMing. And then, because I found some some uh, neighborhood people wanted to play, and so we just started playing, and it became. I I really learned how to do it, and then learned the the bones of the game that way. Mm-hmm. It. <clears throat> I know that was a lot. <laughs> so, like the thing about like. I think the thing about, like, especially with the current, like, zeitgeist of D&D being a more popular um, thing in culture at the moment, like, it's a part of pop culture, even though, like, even, you know, it's more, it's more, people are doing it more than they ever have been before. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think, like, the thing about that is, like, um, that itself, like, in D&D, I think part of it's overall because, like, you are, when you're looking at the player's handbook, or even the Dungeon Master Guide, everything that D&D produces to you is through the lens of their own world called the Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. That's got a history and a half, and when you start exploring more of, like, that stuff, that stuff can get really weird really fast. Um, And the way that, like, through, oh, there's so much history and so much stuff that goes around with it, so, like, Often you just want to sit down with your friends at a table and start playing a game. Yeah. And as a player, like on the outside, like it's weird that you have to now mix this weird stuff of like, well, technically in this world that we're now playing together with, you have these like, like you don't even want to start asking questions. You want to sit around and be like, no, we want to go fight goblins. And then that one player at the table is like, well, what do these goblins do to us? Like, what's up with these goblins? And then as the DM and your group of friends, you have to go like, oh, right. What is the, how do goblins act in this world? I don't know. Maybe something like that. So like, there is this overwhelming sense of just like so much. Yeah. Yeah. But like part of the fun, at least that's why I really appreciate what Matt did to start off the podcast is that like our world is our world. It's not something else. It's something new. We created together. So at least we could see what, threads we have um and that's always i feel like a really cool thing to do with any with any party is really focusing on that like first couple of sessions let session zero and really making like the collaboration part is part of the whole thing talking about like what is your world how does it work and what kind of way you want to do stuff because like you're you're telling a story pretty much Mm -hmm. and also getting the vibe of your players if your players around like if you are like somebody who's like I just want to roll dice, hit things, and get cool stuff afterwards. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a very different game than sitting down at like my table where I'm like, no, I want to tell weird stories and I want to make 
characters come out of nowhere and I want to have neat, <laughs> cool moments. See, my and my, history, my history with D&D is the former of that. Like, the people I play with, no, we just want to go and hit stuff. We want to go and we want to solve a riddle, we want to solve a puzzle, then we yeah. want to hit, we want to, we want to kill some goblins or whatever. And, and that's when it gets really challenging as a game master is when you have both of those people at your table. Yep. You know, and, and finding that, you know, salty, sweet snack that kind of will get both of them what they're, what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. I will say this too, when, 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 when D, yeah. like D, in DMing and, or when playing and whatnot, I much prefer um, creating our own world than doing yeah. mm-hmm. the preset modules. Um, I, I, my very first preset module I ever did as a DM was Curse of Strahd. That was the very first one I ever did, which is one of the biggest and most complicated and beloved of all the, and it's a, it's a, it's, it is a great, great story. But for the first five or six levels of it, I was like, I'm screwing this up. Oh, I'm screwing this whole thing up. I'm, I'm, I've, I got to keep to the book. I got to keep to the book. I got to keep to the book. I got to keep it. And then after a while, I'm like, no, no, they don't know. They, they don't know the story. They don't know the rest of it. They don't know all the pieces. So I can, I can make stuff up. I can just yeah. make it my own. So that there was a realization yeah. that happened me me later on. But I much prefer this level of we create the world because then it's so much more freeing to being like, okay, so what is the screaming rock? Like, what literally is that thing? Is it something? <laughs> is it and is it just a yeah. thing that's there that looks like that, or is it something else, or is it? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm saying right now to you, I don't know. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think that's one thing that... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Keep going. Well, no, I, I, I think that that's one thing that, like, a lot of people kind of don't get is, is I really feel like if you have if you have a story to tell if you have this character in your mind and you have a story you want to tell with them, you should write a novel. Like a role-playing game is not the medium to tell the story you want to tell a role-playing game. And in, I'm making big wide general statements and I'm sure there's some game out there on the internet that is, but whatever, it's not the medium for that. <laughs> no. So, you know, you know, I guess that's my point. Like, yeah, don't don't come into it with a story. Just come into it to explore. So I feel like the question really was like, what advice to new players would you give to make the 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 heavy load of oh, right. this thing <laughs> probably like? I think that's your question, right? Like, yeah, how do you sorry. have the heavy load of things? That's a beautiful clarifying question, Caleb. I'm so glad you came <laughs> up with it. I think I think I think Eric. I'm pointing down to Eric in my Zoom window. Um, I think Eric <laughs> did it so perfectly in what he just said, which is like that idea of like remember that you have a group of people who you're playing with, and you should focus on how do you be a good team member, mm-hmm. and not how do I be a good player. Because mm. then you get to have more fun as a team member, hanging out mm-hmm. with your buddies around a table doing stuff instead of like. Being being whatever lone wolf you want to be, like you get to enjoy yeah. more team effort, and that's what it is. It's a team you're working with. Can I ask a clarifying question? Yeah. 
Well, maybe if you put it in a sound bite. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm what I'm what I'm wondering for for I don't know if it's if it's your experience or Amanda, Eric, all all of you. To what extent does the word game help or hinder that level of I have to do things right or I have to get this because you know we hear game like in my mind mm-hmm. someone's going to win, someone's going to lose, right? And in D and D. In these games, there you, you don't you can't win D and D. You all die. You, you, you can't I win. I have, an, I have an anecdote yeah. for this. So, I, so I'm I'm, uh, I'm wondering if that if that if that game if people go into it with that expectation of like oh oh we're, it's it's a game so by the end of this we will have a conclusion and we will win and we'll say yay or we will lose. So I, this is really funny with that you brought that up. Okay, so like. At my family, in my household, um, we this I don't know this 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 kind of leads into this. So, in my household, when we, when we played games growing up, like when we played Scrabble, we never played Scrabble for points. We played Scrabble to just play letters. And, <laughs> Amanda and looks cool. horrified. <laughs> you play you play Scrabble to get the most points. You play the Q's <laughs> and the Z's on the triple word scores. Yeah, no, we played just to make words on a rainy Sunday afternoon, and like my mom was always just like, "Yeah, we don't, we're not, we're not playing for points," and like that's how I grew up. So it's really fun. Like when Matt said games win or lose, my brain goes, "Oh no, games are the thing that you do with people to have fun." We had vastly different childhoods. I mean, I, I'm thinking like like football game, basketball game, baseball yeah. game, but but yeah. but so it's, I mean even Uno for Pete's sake. It's yeah, yeah. it's it's a game that you play to win, but but no, but, can can Caleb make it? Vegas put cards down in any order, any <laughs> color. It didn't matter. You're making put a card down. down when you draw. Four, how does it you, how does it make you feel to put that card down? When you, know? you when you draw four, you have to get a piece of parchment or paper with a crayon and draw the number four, <laughs> and make a visual representation of the number four, and then you can play your card. Your childhood sounds lovely, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it didn't even occur to me that Scrabble had points until I got to like high school. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we're playing for points. I'm like, you play this game for points? <laughs> most important so, part. So cribbage, we're just not we're just gonna play the cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh but, no. But the there's no there's no pegging. That. No. Mm. There's a sound bite. <laughs> oh, and, and moving on, moving on quickly, moving on quickly. What, what, I was, <laughs> what, what I was trying to get with that is that, like, uh, I think one of the things you've got to consider, like, especially in that game atmosphere, especially once again for new people, is the you, the first two letters pop up with that role playing thing because you're like the way you win is you is you're a part of that role in a team, and you yeah. just yeah, and I feel like that's that's the aspect of winning is like being like I get to be outside of myself. That's the win. But then again, I had a weird childhood growing up where <laughs> we just played games without winners or losers. I mean, I think really the big thing is like, like I mean, one thing, it's like a word thing, you know, it's like, it's a role-playing game. And those two aspects are kind of opposed to each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how much do you want to focus on the role-playing aspect? How much do you want to focus on the game aspect? Yeah. And the thing that it, it took me a long time to figure out is that 
that's subjective. That's, you know, that the perfect balance for me is not going to be the perfect balance for you right. is not going to be the perfect balance for hippy dippy Caleb who doesn't play for points, <laughs> you know, that it, 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 it really, it varies from person to person. Um, I didn't know you could win D and D. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so now now Amanda's infested. Now, now actually, no, you can wait. You can win D and D. Let me rephrase. So, like winning D and D, I think is very similar to winning like any role playing game that you ever played on the computer. <laughs> like RuneScape. Yeah. So, like, so once again, like you you beat those games. You don't beat RuneScape. You play RuneScape until you die. Um, physically, <laughs> like so, like emotionally, um, uh, until they like, come and take your house. Like, like any Japanese role playing game, you know, you won when you've gone ahead and with the power of friendship and magic killed God. So, you know, <laughs> we might be heading in that direction. Um, or any like American role playing game, you gone ahead and somehow killed some sort of um, like thematic nihilistic concept or capitalism. If you have successfully killed those things, you win. So, like. They're very story-driven goals. I don't know what I expected in in thinking about the word game. I think I think I went into it thinking this was like an improv exercise. Um, cool. But again, I didn't prepare. I just I didn't prepare on purpose. So. No, I and I actually I, I, I found that I found I, I have I've I found that and I've continued to find that utterly delightful. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> um so my next clarifying question. Uh there are editions and modules. Do you have to play the most current edition or can you play the original at some point? <laughs> Like, can you pick and choose from the different things? How does how does one decide how to like set up the world? And does do the D and D people care? Oh, <laughs> the, this is this is something that people get very enthusiastic about on the internet. Well, I'm glad I'm not on the internet. Um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Lines in the sand have been driven by like, what edition of a game do you like the best? If, okay. if you go online and you ask the question, "Is a hot dog a sandwich?" Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a whole lot of people angry on both sides of it, and no one's gonna win that argument. That's the 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 level of just intensity that we'll get to with people when they talk about things D and D related and rules and additions and things like that. But there's no like legal thing saying you have to do the fifth edition. It's not like a script no. for a no. play. Like <laughs> you don't have to go with the most updated one. It's just like any new product that Wizards releases will be in the newest edition. Okay. So, like, there are no products except released by independent people that are doing stuff from, like, 3.5 still. Mm. So, like, anything that's, like, getting currently made is in 5th edition. Anything that's getting currently made? Like, books and stuff? Yeah. So, if there's, well, a, if there's okay. a preset adventure, if there's a, if there's a built adventure in a book, 
it's going okay. to be aligned to the rules that are established in the in the fifth edition player handbook and Dungeon Master's Guide. There'll be aligned. Did you to the go Amanda, am I, 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 I think I'm picking. I'm picking up that you're not really clear on what the difference between editions is. Is that correct? That's. I mean, I have so many other questions about this <laughs> rabbit hole that I've thrown us into. We don't have to explore all of them. Um, that's one of them. So there's a difference between editions, and then modules are like different worlds. A, a, a module is 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 basically. A pre-written adventure. Okay. Like it'll have a map, and like in this room, there's this guy. You have to do okay. this. In this room, there's this, and whatnot. Um, like we could create, and, and we did, could create and write the book of the of the first arc of the Playing for Labs podcast as a, that could be a module that people could go in okay. and play. However, and there. Go ahead, Caleb. I'm gonna. Can I make an and then the asterisk to that would be if we wanted to write more of a book about the world that we're in, right? Along with stats and stuff, that would be what we call a source book. So source book deals with like lore and rule stuff usually, and a module usually gives you an adventure to play in. Within an edition. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. An edition is the is the global rule yeah. set that all of them have to follow. Okay. Like That's a lot of the, sor the, the source, the source books make sense of the rules within that world, and mm -hmm. then the modules put those rules into action. Okay. An another way to think about it metaphorically is like, um, you know, how you had textbooks growing up. Ugh. Yeah. And every so often, they, like some teachers are like, I got new textbooks, so we're going to take the old textbooks and go throw them away and get out these new textbooks. Yeah. Fifth yeah. edition's the new textbook for D&D. &D. Okay. And That's a good metaphor. Right. And people might go like, oh, but I, but in this new textbook, they don't talk about World War One as much. Right. <laughs> and, well, the fourth edition, they... they, they, they said the War of 1812. We don't talk 19... about 4th edition. They said the War of 1812 <laughs> was in 1915, so they were way wrong. <laughs> oh, that misprint on the first couple of chapters. Right. Oh, Christopher Columbo. But see, people get mad. <laughs> but like, like, I, I, have, I, have, I have no point of reference outside of 5th edition. They're creating yeah. a whole next edition, the next level of it. They're creating another, and that scares the living crap out of me. Because I, I, mm -hmm. I, I'm just learning this one, and I don't necessarily have the mental time and emotional capacity to learn a whole new system at this point in my life. Oh, you sweet summer child. Oh my gosh. Matt, like, let me say, so Amanda, if you want to go further down the rabbit hole, Ugh. not only am I somebody who's read, like, a text, a new, the new textbook edition of something, I mm -hmm. decided to get my math textbook, my my history textbook, I decided to find a Latin textbook. Let, let, pretty much what I'm trying to say is that there are so many role-playing systems out there. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I wish this was a visual... Let me. I want to do a visual component for you right now, but I know this yeah. is a podcast, so one second. We can, we can put up the video as well. Okay, what's... Oh, give me a, give me a, Matt! Yeah. Let's do that next time. <laughs> I won't be in my pajamas. I'm in my pajamas. <laughs> I'm in my pajamas. Eric's in his car. I am... I am in the parking lot of a national chain restaurant. 
Ah. And I'm fully clothed. <laughs> As always. <laughs> okay, okay. So, uh, this is what I wanted to show. So, um, like, these are two role-playing books that I really liked that I never got a chance to play. They're powered mm -hmm. by um, the Apocalypse System, which are phenomenal. What are they? Yes, Mask? One of, them is, one of them is MASH, where you could play as people from MASH. Shut up. And it's so cool. And it, like they have a whole section in here about like how you like how do you roll to treat people in medicine? Oh, it's so cool. Um these are all dice based games? These these guys are dice based games. Okay. Capers, which is a phenomenal book about having superpowers in the nineteen twenties, which okay. um is, is a card based game where you have a deck of cards that you use instead. This one I've been wanting to play for forever, and it's so cool, and I love it. The people, yeah, this was a super cool one when I had this. Um, Genesis is um, the system that uh, a game came out that was really popular with um, uh, the Star Wars. There was a Star Wars role-playing that came out a couple years ago, and this was the system for that. Then you have the World Darkness system, or the Storyteller system. This is another very popular one that people use. This one talks about urban fantasy, I can urban stuff like that. So, like, this is your, like, um, this is your, like, underworld. I'm watching Amanda's <laughs> cognitive load literally yeah, start seeping out of her ears. Because I, um, I, she, she, she started this part with, like, fascination, and it's just kind of gone like, oh, oh. Uh, um, then you got um, Shadowrun, um, which is the Shadowrun. This is like you took D and D and mixed it with a little bit of cyberpunk and made the rules really intense. And then this is a Star Wars role playing game. This is also really good. Um, I, I, then, I don't I don't have any with I, I can get them, but I'm not. But I have uh, I have the Kids on Brooms system, which is basically okay. which is basically like Harry Potter. Um, and there's mutants and masterminds that I have too, which is uh, you become Super like hero. a, superheroes. The D100 system. Yeah, well, that one is only D, the one I have, the one I have is D20 only. Oh, that's a D. Oh, there's I know there's a superhero one that uses a D100 system. Um, well, that's the the like the old old Marvel superheroes role playing game used a D100 system. This oh, this new Marvel superhero that's game. 100 dice D100. Hundred um, dice, hundred sided dice. You, um, there's a percentile dice and a d10 dice that normal people have in their kits. Uh huh. Uh, that one counts. Or you, just use two you have the one that has like the double numbers on it. Yeah. And then you have the other d10 that has the single numbers on it. Okay. Right. And you for put the, the, you put those, those together, then you can get zero to a hundred okay. or one to zero to ninety nine or one to a hundred. However, you want to count the triple zeros. And then yeah. one's the tens place and one's the zero, the, the ones place. <laughs> Amanda's got her hand over her face. <laughs> then there's a bunch of ones that I kickstarted, meaning that I went to go look for these role playing books and I kickstarted them, like Orbital Blues, where you play a sad space cowboys. It's another D6 system, which is super cool. I love the art in here, it's phenomenal. Oh. Um, and then my, my favorite one is a rules light um, one called Drama Llamas, where you're llamas starring a reality TV show. It's also a very light D6 system. Yeah, we we talked about one online, offline too, but Honey Heist is a great one too, where you're in the real world. It's a light dice light game, and it's very quick. It's a very game that you can play within an hour or so, and you're a bear. You're a bear 
in the real world doing doing human things but as a bear. I It's awesome. It's hilarious. I have so many questions. So <laughs> so so the reason I wanted to do that was like like not only are there editions of D&D that have multiple source books and multiple modules. There's also a whole world of role-playing books that are just, yeah. mm, it, oh, they're so good. So many rules. Mm, I love me some rules. Yeah. Caleb's so, entire Zoom square was covered in books. <laughs> so I love me some, like my hobby, like I told Mel at one point, my wife, that I'm now collecting role-playing books because I just love every time somebody comes up with new mechanics for a really cool system and how they do it, and I'm fascinated. Did that answer your question? I don't know. I got excited. You want to talk more about that? <laughs> I love that so much for you, Caleb. Yeah. That's not overwhelming at all. Yeah, there's... So, so... So, yeah. So, let, let's... So, there, there are a lot of different ways to do it. There's a lot of different ways to play. There's a lot of different systems. I think you know where where fifth edition does have a lot of specifics to it. Once you get the real the basics down to it, then it becomes a point where you can say, "Now I understand what the mechanics of the character are. Now I can actually start playing with that character more and doing things like that can be more fun with the character." Like my character Red that I'm playing right now, I have a minus two to to like I have a, I have a seven for my charisma score, so I have like minus two to things like persuasion i also took insight i think that's going to be really fun down the road because i don't i can't rolling a minus two what could happen with that right that so it's not all about just doing great things but it's like i'm not great at that so let's let's see what happens if in a very delicate situation all right i'll, I'll see if i'm reading this person right roll a and i think that's where you get to be you get to get more fun with the yeah. numbers and with the stats and mm -hmm. and that kind of oh. stuff I feel like oh. this is where we have to go into um, Amanda. Do you have any follow up questions? All of that information went into my brain and then left it very quickly. Uh, okay, that, that's why we're recording it. None, none of that was that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just nerding out. Um, okay, the one follow up question that one follow up question that I have on that train of thought. <laughs> um. There are difference in die systems. Yes. The D6, is that, is that a D6 system? Does that mean that's the largest die that is used in the system? Usually, yeah. Um, okay. I should have, okay. Um, let me, every role-playing book has a different system attached to it. Yeah. Usually you can tell kind of what the role-playing book's going to might got to use if you know what kind of dice they're going to use. So... A bunch of them you roll, some of them you roll two D6s, some of them roll three D6s. Each okay. of them is unique in their own. They're all beautiful snowflakes of wonderfully designed texted images that are all cool and no one plays with me. And I'm all alone <laughs> in my house. It's because no one wins in your, in your, in your games. <laughs> I just want to have fun, Matt. <laughs> What, we just sat around for five hours playing this game and no one wins. Smash! They've, it. they've got they've got a game of Monopoly that's been going for fifteen years. Where we they just keep going around and around. We just won't charge each other rent. It's a problem. 
<laughs> we need to teach Caleb how to play Monopoly properly. Yeah, they buy each other <laughs> hotels. <laughs> don't teach me how to play. Don't. I don't want to play that game. That game is cruel and unusual, and it's dumb. It's a dumb game. <laughs> Here's my hot take. Ready for my hot take? Monopoly trash game. <laughs> well, I think that's a great way to go out. <laughs> that Monopoly is a trash game. If, uh, yeah, we'll I, take I, a hot take. If Monopoly is your favorite game, rethink your life. Choose a oh, new game. Wow. Choose, find, there, find a better game. I will that's say this. Definitely. There are there are literally infinite better games than Monopoly. You know, my, my kids say, let's play Monopoly. Like, we have better games. We have way better. Ge- let, uh, all right, I'll go play that. But, and that's often how I feel about when people are like, do you want to play D&D? And I'm like, yeah, fine. But I have something about space cowboys. <laughs> we'll get there, Caleb. We'll get there. I do want to offer one confessional, uh, too, as well. I have never as of this point, never read through either the player's handbook or the Dungeon Master's Guide. Neither have I, Matt. I have, I have never read through them. I have used them as like, okay, I need to learn how to do this. I go and look for it, and I figure out how to do it, and then I kind of yeah. move on from there. But I have, from I, page one to page whatever, never read it, cover to cover. I, I don't think that's, yeah, I think that's pretty standard. Like, like I'm sure I have I have read the entire player's book by now, but not cover, not starting at one and going. Yeah. So, so if you're if you're new to a game, you're new to a table, whatnot, chances are there'll be people there who aren't, and they'll help you through. Because again, mm-hmm. like we said earlier, it's about having fun, and it's yeah. about really just having a having a team type base and and just getting together, make, having some laughs, having a good time, having some snacks, and because because let's. Th- Bring snacks, mm-hmm. and it, it's not hard to get people to explain things. People are happy to explain things at length, multiple they times. They are very happy to explain things. <laughs> so my absolute favorite role playing system that I never had a chance to play. All right, hopefully creative. Anyway, you're so you're you're like you know you're back like, in 1987, what we used to do. All right, so that has been clarifying questions thank you so much for listening we will have more clarifying questions episodes i'm sure oh, I, I have about the, the, the many questions you want me to show you that one i printed one off no. on PDF. My, my brain can't handle any more knowledge tonight that Caleb. was from the faith system that's a good one um you ever heard of a game if called you, if you have clarifying questions Leave them in the comments, and I will ask the group next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. 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 Can I ask a clarifying question? Can I ask a clarifying question? Only if you put it in a sound bite.